Part Two of Mopsa the Fairy by Jean Ingelow. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Noel Badrian. Chapter Three Winding Up Time. Wake, Bailey, wake, the crafts are out. Wake, said the knight, be quick. For High Street, by Street, over the town, they fight with poker and stick. Said the squire, a fight so fell was ne'er in all thy bailiwick. What said the old clock in the tower? Tick, tick, tick. Wake, daughter, wake, the hour draws on. Wake, quoth the dame, be quick. The meats are set, the guests are coming, the fiddler waxing his stick. She said, the bridegroom waiting and waiting to see thy face is sick. What said the new clock in her bower? Tick, tick, tick. Jack looked at these hot brown rocks, first on the left bank and then on the right, till he was quite tired. But at last the shore on the right bank became flat, and he saw a beautiful little bay, where the water was still, and where grass grew down to the brink. He was so much pleased at this change, that he cried out hastily, Oh, how I wish my boat would swim into that bay, and let me land. He had no sooner spoken, than the boat altered her course, as if somebody had been steering her and began to make for the bay as fast as she could go. How odd, thought Jack, I wonder whether I ought to have spoken, for the boat certainly did not intend to come into this bay. However, I think I will let her alone now, for I certainly do wish very much to land here. As they drew towards the strand, the water got so shallow that you could see crabs and lobsters walking about at the bottom. At last the boat's keel grated on the pebbles, and just as Jack began to think of jumping on shore, he saw two little old women approaching and gently driving a white horse before them. The horse had panniers, one on each side, and when his feet were in the water he stood still. And Jack said to one of the old women, Will you be so kind as to tell me whether this is fairyland? What does he say? asked one old woman of the other. I asked if this was fairyland, repeated Jack, for he thought the first old woman might have been deaf. She was very handsomely dressed in a red satin gown, and did not look in the least like a washerwoman, though it afterwards appeared that she was one. He says, is this fairyland, she replied, and the other, who had a blue satin cloak, answered, oh, does he? And then they began to empty the panniers of many small blue and pink and scarlet shirts, and coats and stockings. And when they had made them into two little heaps, they knelt down and began to wash them in the river, taking no notice of him whatever. Jack stared at them. They were not much taller than himself, and they were not taking the slightest care of their handsome clothes. Then he looked at the old white horse, who was hanging his head over the lovely clear water with a very discontented air. At last the blue washerwoman said, 
i shall leave off now i've got a pain in my works do said the other we'll go home and have a cup of tea then she glanced at jack who was still sitting in the boat and said can you strike i can if i choose replied jack a little astonished at this speech and the red and blue washerwoman wrung out the clothes put them again into the panniers and taking the old horse by the bridle began gently to lead him away i have a great mind to land thought jack i should not wonder at all if this is fairyland so as the boat came here to please me i shall ask it to stay where it is in case i should want it again so he sprang ashore and said to the boat stay just where you are will you and he ran after the old woman calling to them is there any law to prevent my coming into your country whoa cried the red-coated old woman and the horse stopped while the blue-coated woman repeated any law no not that i know of but if you are a stranger here you had better look out why asked jack you don't suppose do you she answered that our queen will wind up strangers while jack was wondering what she meant the other said i shouldn't wonder if he goes eight days gee and the horse went on no whoa said the other no no gee i tell you cried the first upon this to jack's intense astonishment the old horse stopped and said speaking through his nose now then which is it to be and i'm agreeable to woe but what's a fellow to do when you say them both together why he talks exclaimed jack it's because he's got a cold in his head observed one of the washerwomen he always talks when he's got a cold and there's no pleasing him whatever you say he's not satisfied gee bony do gee it is then said the horse and began to jog on he spoke again said jack upon which the horse laughed and jack was quite alarmed it appears that your horses don't talk observed the blue-coated woman never answered jack they can't you mean they won't observed the old horse and though he spoke the words of mankind it was not in a voice like theirs still jack felt that this was just the natural tone for a horse and that it did not arise only from the length of his nose you'll find out some day perhaps he continued whether horses can talk or not shall i said jack very earnestly they'll tell proceeded the white horse i wouldn't be you when they tell how you've used them have you been ill-used said jack in an anxious tone yes yes of course he has one of the women broke in but he has come here to get all right again this is a very wholesome country for horses isn't it bony yes said the horse well then jog on there's a dear continued the old woman 
why you will be young again soon you know young and gamesome and handsome you'll be quite the colt by and by and then we shall set you free to join your companions in the happy meadows the old horse was so comforted by this kind speech that he pricked up his ears and quickened his pace considerably he was shamefully used observed one washerwoman look at him how lean he is you can see all his ribs yes said the other as if apologizing for the poor old horse he gets low-spirited when he thinks of all he has gone through but he is a vast deal better already than he was he used to live in london his master always carried a long whip to beat him with and never spoke civilly to him london exclaimed jack why that is in my country how did the horse get here that's no business of yours answered one of the women but i can tell you he came because he was wanted which is more than you are you let him alone said the horse in a querulous tone i don't bear any malice no he has a good disposition has bony observed the red old woman pray are you a boy yes said jack a real boy that wants no winding up inquired the old woman i don't know what you mean answered jack but i am a real boy certainly ah she replied well i thought you were by the way bony spoke to you how frightened you must be i wonder what will be done to all your people for driving and working and beating so many beautiful creatures to death every year that comes they'll have to pay for it some day you may depend jack was a little alarmed and answered that he had never been unkind himself to horses and he was glad that bony bore no malice they worked him and often drove him about all night in the miserable streets and never let him have so much as a canter in a green field said one of the women but he'll be all right now only he has to begin at the wrong end what do you mean said jack why in this country answered the old woman they begin by being terribly old and stiff and they seem miserable and jaded at first but by degrees they get young again as you heard me reminding him indeed said jack and do you like that it has nothing to do with me she answered we are only here to take care of all the creatures that men have ill-used while they are sick and old which they are when first they come to us after they are dead you know we take care of them and gradually bring them up to be young and happy again this must be a very nice country to live in then said jack for horses it is said the old lady significantly well said jack it does seem very full of haystacks certainly and all the air smells of fresh grass at this moment they came to a beautiful meadow and the old horse stopped and turning to the blue-coated woman said faxa i think i could fancy a handful of clover upon this faxa snatched jack's cap off his head and in a very active manner jumped over a little ditch 
and gathering some clover presently brought it back full handing it to the old horse with great civility you shouldn't be in such a hurry observed the old horse your weights will be running down some day if you don't mind it's all zeal observed the red-coated woman just then a little man dressed like a groom came running up out of breath oh here you are dow he exclaimed to the red-coated woman come along will you lady betty wants you it's such a hot day and nobody she says can fan her so well as you can the red-coated woman without a word went off with the groom and jack thought he would go with them for this lady betty could surely tell him whether the country was called fairyland or whether he must get into his boat and go further he did not like either to hear the way in which faxa and dow talked about their works and their weights so he asked faxa to give him his cap which she did and he heard a curious sort of little ticking noise as he came close to her which startled him oh this must be fairyland i am sure thought jack for in my country our pulses beat quite differently from that well said faxa rather sharply do you find any fault with the way i go no said jack a little ashamed of having listened i think you walk beautifully your steps are so regular she's machine made observed the old horse in a melancholy voice and with a deep sigh in the largest magnifying glass you'll hardly find the least fault with her chain she's not like the goods they turn out in clerkenwell jack was more and more startled and so glad to get his cap and run after the groom and dow to find lady betty that he might be with ordinary human beings again but when he got up to them he found that lady betty was a beautiful brown mare she was lying in a languid and rather affected attitude with a load of fresh hay before her and two attendants one of whom stood holding a parasol over her head and the other was fanning her i am so glad you have come my good dow said the brown mare don't you think i am strong enough to-day to set off for the happy meadows well said dow i'm afraid not yet you must remember that it is of no use your leaving us till you have quite got over the effects of the fall just then lady betty observed jack and said take that boy away he reminds me of a jockey the attentive groom instantly started forward but jack was too nimble for him he ran and ran with all his might and only wished he had never left the boat but still he heard the groom behind him and in fact the groom caught him at last and held him so fast that struggling was of no use at all you young rascal he exclaimed as he recovered breath how you do run it's enough to break your mainspring what harm did i do asked jack i was only looking at the mare harm exclaimed the groom harm indeed why you reminded her of a jockey it's enough to hold her back poor thing and we trying so hard too to make her forget what a cruel end she came to in the old world you need not hold me so tightly said jack 
i shall not run away again but he added if this is fairyland it's not half such a nice country as i expected fairyland exclaimed the groom stepping back with surprise why what made you think of such a thing this is only one of the border countries where things are set right again that people have caused to go wrong in the world the world you know is what men and women call their own home i know said jack and that's where i came from then as the groom seemed no longer to be angry he went on and i wish you would tell me about lady betty she was a beautiful fleet creature of the racehorse breed said the groom and she won silver cups for her master and then they made her run a steeplechase which frightened her but still she won it and then they made her run another and she cleared some terribly high hurdles and many gates and ditches till she came to an awful one and at first she would not take it but her rider spurred and beat her till she tried it was beyond her powers and she fell and broke her forelegs then they shot her after she had died that miserable death we had her here to make her all right again is this the only country where you set things right asked jack certainly not answered the groom they lie about in all directions why you might wander for years and never come to the end of this one i'm afraid i shall not find the one i am looking for said jack if your countries are so large i don't think our world is much larger than yours answered the groom but come along i hear the bell and we are a good way from the palace jack in fact heard the violent ringing of a bell at some distance and when the groom began to run he ran beside him for he thought he should like to see the palace as they ran people gathered from all sides fields cottages mills till at last there was a little crowd among whom jack saw dow and faxa and they were all making for a large house the wide door of which was standing open jack stood with the crowd and peeped in there was a woman sitting inside upon a rocking chair a tall large woman with a gold-coloured gown on and beside her stood a table covered with things that looked like keys what is that woman doing said he to faxa who was standing close to him winding us up to be sure answered faxa you don't suppose surely that we can go forever extraordinary said jack then are you wound up every evening like watches unless we have misbehaved ourselves she answered and then she lets us run down and what then what then repeated faxa why then we have to stop and stand against the wall till she is pleased to forgive us and let our friends carry us in to be set going again jack looked in and saw the people pass in and stand close by the woman one after the other she took by the chin with her left hand and with her right hand found a key that pleased her it seemed to jack that there was a tiny keyhole in the back of their heads and that she put the key in and wound them up you must take your turn with the others said the groom 
there's no keyhole in my head said jack besides i do not want any woman to wind me up but you must do as others do he persisted and if you have no keyhole our queen can easily have one made i should think make one in my head exclaimed jack she shall do no such thing we shall see said faxa quietly and jack was so frightened that he set off and ran back towards the river with all his might many of the people called to him to stop but they could not run after him because they wanted winding up however they would certainly have caught him if he had not been very quick for before he got to the river he heard behind him the footsteps of those who had been first attended to by the queen and he had only just time to spring into the boat when they reached the edge of the water no sooner was he on board than the boat swung round and got again into the middle of the stream but he could not feel safe till not only was there a long reach of water between him and the shore but till he had gone so far down the river that the beautiful bay had passed out of sight and the sun was going down by this time he began to feel very tired and sleepy so having looked at his fairies and found that they were all safe and fast asleep he laid down in the bottom of the boat and fell into a doze and then into a dream end of part two